Uh, what's up, guys? BC, the man from the air attack. Yes, D-Ray and his uh, disciples got a little bit aggravated with me and blew up Twitter just a little bit today, plus a very dramatic week for some New York athletes, NFL, college football, and there was a slut walk last week that we missed. That and a lot more on a brand new air attack starting right now. I know And the Air Attack is brought to you by Fable Label, combining the timeless popularity of the t-shirt with modern innovative designs, allowing you to stand out from the crowd today. If you're not a fan of Fable Label, you assume weirdly. In fact, I'm wearing Fable Label right now. Check them out, fablelabel.com. And a shout out to everybody at Has Been Sports in Nashville. Like the show, facebook.com slash the air attack. Follow me on Twitter at BC, aka The Man. In a very busy week, we had a lot of drama, especially in New York. And it's not a New York show, obviously, but... I mean, it seemed like if you were a New York sports star, you got into it this week. Um, obviously, some fun stuff in college football. Amber Rose just being Amber Rose, which that's what she does. Uh, first of all, I mean, listen, and what started off as a very ordinary day for me. Um, the show is a little bit late this week, but a very ordinary day. I did tweet something to D-Ray McKesson, who is part of the Black Lives Matter movement, who's built a following for himself. And all I asked was if he dislikes white people so much, how come he's always wearing their clothes? Hashtag ski vest. Which I thought was halfway funny. I know a lot of people thought it wasn't funny, but a lot of people really did think it was. And it was just a simple joke. I'm sorry, but I really didn't think too much of it. D-Ray then decides to immediately respond. Immediately responds. All of you saying, I'm reaching, I'm desperate for a response. I wouldn't be desperate for a response. The guy's got a ton of followers. I mean, a ton of followers. Here's a reply to me. I mean, listen, he gets he gets nasty tweets all the time. A lot nastier than anything I'm ever going to say to him. Okay? 233,000 followers worth. Okay, so he gets people tweeting at him all the time. He's very well known on Twitter. That's, that's you know, where he's probably made his name the best, on Twitter. Okay, if he does the same thing back to me, I'm going to go on with my day like nothing ever happened. It's not going to be that big of a deal. Instead, he comes back at me with, with this. Why do you still live in a country built on the blood of slavery? And he mentioned something about Native Americans, and I'm like, what? Wait a second. Just asking about your choice in fashion, and somehow it came to slavery. And Native Americans. And why do I stay here? Well, why would I? Why the fuck would I possibly leave, first of all? What kind of question is that? And then, the re- listen, the responses roll in. And next thing you know, over the next, I would say, over the next two hours, I probably got like 100 mentions on Twitter. Some of them weren't very nice. Some of them were. And then some of them were actually meant to support me, but were nasty to him, including telling him to kill himself and stuff like that, which I'm not okay with. So don't, you know, if you're going to tell him stuff like that, just kind of leave me out of that shit. Okay. Everything from, do you enjoy being a racist, which probably came from some clown in his dorm room or in his place in Brooklyn with his vegan girlfriend and his cat and his corduroys, okay, where he spends his day sipping soy lattes and listening to NPR for five hours in between rides on his Schwinn to the food co-op, okay? I don't know where you get racism from a question about the guy's choice in clothing. Then I did get a bunch of questions about what, what is white clothing and what is black clothing and this and that. Guys, 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 stop. It was a fucking joke, Okay. You're going to ask me a question along the lines of, what, black people can't ski? Well, I'm not saying black people can't ski, but I'll ask you this. Have you seen the Winter Olympics? It's not exactly the most diverse gathering you've ever seen in your life. A ski vest, I definitely put in the category of white clothing, absolutely positively, along with duck boots and capes and anything that sell at Eddie Bauer. 
and anything you see in the movie Fargo. Yes, that's all what I would consider white people clothing. What? I mean, I don't own a, a, a ski vest or a pair of duck boots or, God forbid, a cape. I saw an outbreak of cape wearing last year at a steeplechase race. Also kind of a white people event. Black people can go if they want to, but let's face it, that's a white people festival. Sorry. I'm very sorry, but that's just what it is. And only out of, listen, out of all the people that replied, a few people favorited and retweeted this, but I would say only five or six of you actually caught on, okay, to the tweet itself. Again, here's what I said. If D-Ray dislikes white people so much, why is he always wearing their clothing? And only five or six of you came back at me and said, hey, I don't think he dislikes white people. Only five or six of you said that. And that includes D-Ray himself, who never, I mean, he's included in the rest of you, the other 90%. He never once denied anything about disliking white people, okay? That's what I say. If he, hey, if you dislike, dislike white people so much, why are you wearing their clothes? Well, how about slavery? Oh, come on, D-Ray, stop, come on. This is supposed to be one of the foremost voices now of the civil rights movement. Okay? And I know he's got a loyal following, but a lot of people also see him for what he is, and that is a guy who is trying to build a brand for himself. Listen, I'll answer the question for you. He wears that silly blue ski vest, which looks ridiculous, especially when you're sitting in a television studio. At least when you're outside, we don't necessarily know if it's real hot or anything like that, or if it's real cold. But in a television studio, I can imagine you probably don't need fucking winter clothing. He's still got his blue ski vest on. You know why? To make himself recognizable, because he's marketing himself. Pierce Morgan got under his skin earlier for saying, hey, listen, I love my white, I love your blackness and my whiteness, something along those lines. I love my whiteness and your blackness. That's what Pierce Morgan said to him because his catchphrase, D-Ray's catchphrase has become, I love my blackness and yours, which has become sort of a controversial statement, which has been great for him. He sells t-shirts with the phrase written on it. Duh. Are you guys not catching on to this? So you're not catching on that he is cashing in on your frustration, on your ignorance in a lot of cases, and your silliness, your need to be part of a cause, okay? And the replies I got today weren't just from black people, so you can stop that right now, okay? And I'm not going to bother with how many black friends I have or how many artists that I use in the show who are black, which is basically everybody except for like five who have ever appeared on the show. That's the music you hear in the background, by the way. These are all artists that I have personal relationships with. I don't just go picking up music and using it because I wouldn't have the right to do that. I have to actually work with them, and a lot of them I hang out with, I talk to, whatever. Look, that's no big deal. I'm not even going to get into that. Racial tension in this country is big, big business these days, okay? You think D-Ray wants everyone getting along? You think he wants white people and black people getting along? You think that'd be good for his brand? You think that would actually be good for his business? Are you out of your fucking minds? D-Ray wants black and white people to get along about as much as pharmaceutical companies want an end to serious diseases like cancer or AIDS or Crohn's disease for which there are no cures right now because they'd much rather sell you the medicine, okay, instead of curing the illness, okay? The more tension there is between black people and white people and the more we can use terms like whiteness and blackness and hate and slavery and blood and stuff like that. These are all inflammatory provocative terms. Now, a couple people did ask me, where do you get the impression that he doesn't like white people? I want to see proof. Okay, here's where I get that impression. After the Roanoke shootings, D-Ray decided to put a term out, put a tweet out there that said, whiteness will explain away anything. Because at first they were talking about the shooter using terms like disgruntled coworker and mental illness and psychological issues. Okay? What he didn't realize, and the rest of the world did, was that the shooter was black and not white. And when, it, when he finally came to his senses, instead of spewing out his bullshit and riling people up, 
All he did was say, well, I went off of a news report that was inaccurate. Yeah, obviously you did that. That doesn't make it, that doesn't make it okay what you did. You had close to a quarter million followers and you're sitting here blaming quote-unquote whiteness and you think he ever apologized? No, he wouldn't apologize for that because that would be like saying using terms like whiteness is kind of wrong to begin with because it's inflammatory, because it's disrespectful. Remember, in Charleston a couple months ago, when you had that massacre, okay, from that jackass Dylan Roof, I know, I know, innocent until proven guilty, but let's face it, he fucking did it. He's a mental case, he's an asshole, and he did it. When Dylan Roof killed those people in that church, okay, D-Ray, go home. Go home, D-Ray. That's what they were saying down there, holding up signs. It was trending on Twitter. D-Ray, go home. Go home, D-Ray. In other words, we know why you're going to come down here. We know why you're down here. You're here to cause trouble and to draw attention to yourself. Just like years ago when Durham, North Carolina told Al Sharpton, get out of here, we don't want your help. You're just going to come out here and, and market yourself. Okay? I mean, he could not have given me a better response. If that were me, I would either have ignored the tweet. That's what I would have done. Ignored it? Or I would have said, who the hell said I don't like white people? Not him. Not D-Ray. And that was about eight hours ago. And I'm, I'm still getting mentions on Twitter because of it. I'm still getting people spewing their nonsense and their fucking fake outrage my way. Hey, you got to be fucking kidding me, okay? All he had to say was, who said I don't like white people? I never said I like white people. He's probably smart enough to realize that I had a backup plan, that I, that I actually had a comeback for that. He decided to get back at me. I mean, a lot of people make fun of him saying he's off his game today. I give the man credit. He's built a brand for himself. He's made himself relevant. He's, listen, listen, this guy has gotten himself appearances on Comedy Central last week. He's got himself paid speaking appearances at colleges. You know there's going to be a book coming out soon if there hasn't been. I'm not sure. I don't follow him closely enough to know that. Okay? The guy's made a major brand for himself. And using a bunch of silly terms like whiteness and blackness and stuff like that is basically how he's doing it. And if you are one of his, uh, you know, followers, disciples, fans, whatever you want, to, however you want to describe yourselves, and you don't realize that he is cashing in on the racial tension in this country, then you are missing the fucking boat. That's all, that's all I'm going to say about it. And do I feel bad about that tweet? Not even, a, not even a tiny bit whatsoever. Okay, I found the entire process very amusing. And some of you that want to call me racist or, you know, talk about white privilege or white imperialism, you know, you don't even know what a fucking racist is. You really fucking don't. And that was a very benign, a benign comment. And some of you got to find something else to do yourselves. For your own sake, not for mine. For your own sake. I'm sorry. Very silly. You also got to find something else to do yourself if you're a fan of Amber Rose who had a get together. I guess it was last was the last Saturday and called it a slut walk. I don't know how big this ever got, and I didn't pay attention to it. First of all, on Saturdays and on weekends, I, I, I basically tune out a lot of what goes on in the world, and I watch a lot of football. I just really do. Um, because of the show, because it's, my, it's something I like to do, whatever. I'm not saying I don't have a life outside of that. I don't you know, stay up on some kind of current events, but something as, as silly as this, I heard about it, and I just kind of went in one ear and out the other, and I said, well, let, let's see what happened here. It's maybe it's something for the show. And basically... I don't understand what the point of this was. I guess I kind of do. I guess it was basically to draw attention to Amber Rose, okay, who's another internet superstar, at least for the time being. I don't know if the fathers in this uh, in this parade were walking too. The fathers of these girls, I doubt it, because I just assume every father's out of the picture. You're actually going to allow a girl to do this. Let me tell you something. 
you're allowed to do whatever you want. Okay, you can wear, you can make a sex tape, you can wear a bathing suit made out of dental floss. Okay, you can pose a dozen selfies a day, and you can march topless in a parade and proclaim yourself a slut. Those things are all your right to do. Just like it's my right to say that there's something very wrong with you if you want to do any of those fucking things. I'm sorry. Okay. If I had a daughter who acted like that, I'd sell her to Boko Haram. Give me a fucking break. A slut walk. Hey, Dad, I'll be right back. Where you going? Go take my shirt off and march in the slut walk. Okay. Dinner's at six. Fucking kidding me? Ugh. What a joke. At, at least D-Ray kind of believes in a cause. Amber Rose has no cause except for everyone look at Amber Rose. Look at me, look at me, look at me. I'm sorry. I don't, I don't have kids. If I had a daughter... That would be that would be basically number one. Actually, be number two next to every Kardashian account of accounts on Instagram. My daughter wouldn't be allowed to follow. I'm sorry. That's that is that is you know. Besides the fact that it's kind of gross and and whatever, it sets a bad example. You know what the worst part is? It's just so fucking stupid. It honestly is is absolutely fucking just just as dumb as it gets. I'm sorry. We're gonna have a slut walk now. You want men to respect you? But you're gonna go around calling yourselves a bunch of bunch of sluts. I, that might be yeah, that might be. Those two things might be mutually exclusive, I'm just saying. Hey, we'll just tell people it's okay. Hey, we'll just tell people there's nothing wrong with the way we act. Okay, great. That's good. Let me know how that works out for you. 1520, if you march in that slut walk in 1520 years when you still have never even sniffed an engagement ring, I want, I want you to let me know how that worked out for you. Okay? Uh, Victor Cruz. And this was a very dramatic week for New York sports. Off the field stuff. Off the field. I mean, yeah, the Giants won. Yankees got bounced out of the playoffs. We'll talk about that a little bit. But off the field, Victor Cruz. I guess it's tough to have dance moves like Victor Cruz has in the end zone and not be, uh, you know, not have some success with the ladies. But, my God, you don't have to give Back to love they all have for you, Victor. I mean, Tiger Woods is even impressed right now. Somewhere he's saying, boy, I tell you what, you might want to calm down, man. See, this wouldn't be a huge deal if Victor Cruz wasn't engaged, okay? And if the Tiger Woods thing is an example, if you want to act like this, just don't get married. And if you don't know what happened, Victor Cruz's fiance decided to text every one of his mistresses. Somehow got into his cell phone, which I've had done to me. I've had that done to me before. I just don't do the, I don't do shit like this, though. There's, there's, no one, there's not going to be someone to text or, or whatever. You're not going to find anything. You go on my cell phone. You're just not. I don't cheat on my girlfriends. I don't. So, doesn't mean I want someone to dig into my cell phone and dig through conversations I've had with other people. No. That's, that's not very cool. But, uh, somehow his fiance got into his cell phone, which was mistake number three or four. If you're going to do what he's doing, don't let her get into a cell phone with all the girls' numbers in it. Come on. Um, so, if you want to act like this, whatever. Just don't get married. The Tiger Woods thing is, is a perfect example. If you want to act like this, don't get married. Derek Jeter never got married. Derek Jeter was banging chicks left and right. Okay, so from the looks of things, Victor Cruz, not exactly a one-woman guy. So why would you try to act like you are? I don't I don't get that. Why are these guys who are obviously not meant to settle down with one girl even pretending like they are? What's the difference? How, I mean, come on. Victor Cruz is getting out there. I mean, he's doing modeling for Bulgari. He says he wants to get into broadcasting. He was on Ballers on HBO this past season. Did a, did a pretty nice job with the acting there. Said he'd like to get into acting and broadcasting later on in his life. Why would you do this to yourself? Like you're never going to get caught when you're as famous as him? What the fuck's wrong with you? And I understand the fiance being very hurt and very angry, but unfortunately she's now made a spectacle of the entire relationship to the point now where it's going to be very, very tough for them to get back together or stay together now because, I mean, she's just blown the whole thing up and made, made it into like just a public affair. I mean, like again, I understand she's the victim. I understand Victor Cruz the bad guy. I get that. 
Yeah, he might be a great guy to hang out with, whatever, but I'm sorry. As boyfriends, fiancés go, he's not a very good one right now. I'm sorry. You can't really say he's not doing something wrong. It's not like when Left Eye burned down Andre Risen's house, but this is still a spectacle. This is still a scene. And I will tell you something else, too. I guarantee you this. The Giants don't like this. The Giants are a very conservative organization. This is not their thing. Okay? They're not the Raiders. They're not the Bengals. They, that's not... They, this stuff does not fly with them. Okay? This guy's been out for about a year now. Just short or just... I mean, it's, it's, been, it's been just about a year since he blew out his knee against the Eagles that night. And now you got this soap opera on top of it? No. No. And, and, and another injury that keeps coming up now with his calf that's keeping him out of actually playing in a game. He hasn't played the game all year. He hasn't played in a game for a year, guys. It was the Rangers' home opener last year. It was the same night. I was in the city for it. Rangers were opening up at home just like they opened up yesterday, right? They're opening up on home. It was that Sunday. It's our home opener. They're raising up the banner for the Eastern Conference. Victor Cruz gets hurt. I think it was the end of the first half. He hasn't been, he hasn't been out there since. And he's got this shit going on on the side. But no, that's it. That's not that's not what the New York Giants are all about. Not at all. Not even a little bit. Uh, Matt Harvey. Yes, Matt Harvey did miss a practice this week. And the Mets did find him. Which doesn't sound like that big of a deal on, on, on the surface. But when you factor in the fact that the playoffs now start, his first playoff game of his career is coming up next week. When you factor in some of their stuff going on, when you factor in that the practice was at noon, when you factor in that he blamed the traffic. Now think about this. Nobody else missed practice that day. Nobody else was even late. Not the players. Not the coaches. Not the clubhouse guys. Stadium security. Trainers. Team doctors. Nobody was late. No one else was late. No one else missed practice. Okay? The food was there in the clubhouse. The craft table was all set up. Okay, that didn't get caught in traffic. He got caught in traffic. So either he lives nowhere near anybody else associated with that team and the traffic chose him or there's something else with this story. Now, how about this? You know Matt Harvey's very good. Okay, you know how good he is at a very young age. When the Mets find a way to part ways with him, you can think back to this. And combine this with the drama that he and his agent caused the Mets and their fans with this surprise innings limit just a few weeks ago in the middle of a pennant run. And you can understand why the Mets are looking to be are rumored to be looking to get rid of him this offseason. You know, sometimes it doesn't matter how good you are. Some teams just don't want to deal with the drama. And it's not like the Mets are desperate for young, talented pitching. And apparently he's not very popular with some of those fellow pitchers. I mean, to be honest with you, I'd be shocked if he's on the Mets in two years. And it could be faster than that. It could be, you know, it could be quicker than that. I don't know. There's, there's rumors that they're trying to get him out right now. That they're looking for ways to get rid of him after the postseason. Obviously not, not right now, but after the, season, after the season concludes and teams start talking, it's rumored that the Mets have all but decided that he won't be back next year, that they've had it. Never know what to believe with those things. But if and when that does happen, just think back to shit like this. Because, I mean, he missed the practice at noon. If it was like 8 a.m., you'd say, okay, shit happens. There's obviously big traffic at 8 a.m. or, you know, something like that. He missed the traffic at noon. Mr. Practice, excuse me, at noon. At noon? Mr. Practice at noon? What is he, in college? I know he's young, but what the fuck's wrong? At noon? Wow. Oh, guys, I ran into traffic. You know that noon rush. Yeah, I know, Matt. We got 24 teammates here and about, uh, you know, uh, 35 staff members that all made it on time. Sorry. 
Sorry the traffic was bad wherever you were. Come on, man. CC Sabathia, another guy. Now, this is a tricky one, okay? All I can say is this. The day before the playoffs is a hell of a time to decide you have a drinking problem, okay? This has now become an issue with him, too, off the field a little bit. If you think about it, several weeks ago, the picture of CeCe Sabathia with what looked like a blunt on a hotel balcony. Then he nearly came to blows with Blue Jays fans in Toronto at like 3 a.m., by the way. Okay, the picture that be, it's being painted here is very clear. Okay, CeCe Sabathia obviously belongs in the NBA or the NFL and not the major leagues. Now, in all seriousness, though, I just feel like this is bizarre. This guy used to be a, this guy used to be your go-to guy in every big game, in every big game. Okay, especially in the playoffs, and he used to live for the postseason. This was your guy. This was your horse. And not only does this happen, but he's basically been nothing like that over the last year or two. He really hasn't been clutch. He was actually pitching well towards the end of this season, which actually makes it even more bizarre. But when you put all these things together, the, the photograph of him smoking something, almost getting into a fight with a bunch of fans in Toronto, just the fact that he was out that late at night, all that stuff. Okay, all that stuff. And then right before the playoffs, he decides he has to get a rehab. Listen, if he has to do what he's got to do, you know, you just want the guy to be okay. You want to do whatever he's got to do to get well. But did he really have to leave right before the postseason? That just sounded bizarre. That sounds like maybe there's something else you might hear about him down the road that that happened. Maybe the the team knows about that you don't know about yet. I don't know about, you know, maybe an ultimatum from his wife. I don't know. I don't know. But right before the playoffs, a guy like this, it's just, it's a, it's a strange thing. It really is. You know, again, you just hope he gets better. Okay, fine. And, you know, if, if that's what it takes, then I respect him for doing it. But right before the playoffs, that's weird. Not two weeks before. Not right after the playoffs ended. The day before the playoffs. Very strange. Uh, college football real quick. Look, I, what I've been saying, I just don't think anybody's that good right now. Nobody's proven themselves. Maybe Baylor. Maybe Baylor's proven themselves to be pretty good. Um, obviously, they play in a shitty conference. They're probably going to have to run the table, and they very well may. I think they will. I think the only team in the Big 12 that has a chance to take down Baylor would probably be Oklahoma, just because physically I don't think the rest of the team's going to hang with them. I think TCU's too banged up on defense, even if they get some guys back. I think it's going to be very tough with them, um, unless Baylor made a lot of mistakes in a game like that. Obviously, the Big 12, no championship game still, which is a joke, but um, the big game on Saturday night, Notre Dame, where Notre Dame was able to come back and basically self-destructed. Notre Dame really never plays that many road games. You know, they might play Navy at the Meadowlands or in Philadelphia or someplace like that. They might play those games in Ireland they like to play, which I'm not sure if they're still doing that or not. They just don't have a reputation for playing very well on the road, okay? University of Virginia got their doors blown off by Boise State, and Notre Dame barely beat Virginia, and that was on a, what some people consider a free play, I consider it a great play by the quarterback and and a very good wide receiver, but, um, and it's not just Notre Dame either, they're not the only ones that do this, I mean, if you want to get on them, Alabama does the same shit, Alabama gets away with this every year, they open the season in a made-for-TV game that's usually played in a dome, and it's usually like 75% their fans, then they play Cream Puff University and Cupcake State and Tomato Can Tech, and they do it, and they do it you know, basically, all at home. They never go on the road to play these shitty schools. They give a bunch of money to travel to Tuscaloosa. They beat the shit out of them. Next thing you know, it's like game five or six before Alabama has to ever go on the road. 
So you factor in the SEC title game and the bowl game, and Alabama plays like three quarters of their, of their, of their games, either at neutral sites or at home. So Notre Dame had every opportunity in this game to come back. They finally scored a late touchdown, but it was fumbles on top of fumbles on top of fumbles. Obviously a bad interception by the quarterback, who is still a freshman, was entitled to get better. Can Notre Dame still get into the national title picture? Yeah, they can. With one loss, absolutely, especially this year. Yeah, Mississippi goes into Florida and basically never should have gotten off the team bus. I mean, that was ridiculous. Um, a game that was over before it started. Just absolutely showed no life on offense. I know they scored a little bit late, but that, that means nothing. Okay, it's just like the uh, the Falcons had the Texans down 42 to nothing. The Texans scored three or four touchdowns after that. It means nothing once you're already down 42 to nothing. That means absolutely nothing. I want to know what's happening but when the game is still in hand. When the game is still in doubt. Okay, when, when we still don't know the outcome yet. When the outcome is still in play, then I want to know what the score is. I don't know. I don't want to care about. I don't care how much garbage time offense you put up. Mississippi did nothing, and I mean nothing right against Florida, including showing up. And UCLA even went down to an Arizona State team that got destroyed the week before by USC. Just, to, I mean, just sort of clear. The MLB wild cards. Um, both home teams uh, did really well for their uh, for their respective fans. <laughs> neither team could get a run across. 18 innings, and neither team could get a run across. Dallas Keuchel obviously owns the Yankees, um, and the Yankees just don't have the look of having any desire to win whatsoever. And for all you fire Brian Cashman fans out there, you know, look, Mark Teixeira got hurt after the trade deadline, okay? Um, instead of trading for a pitcher and giving away prospects, he brings up Luis Severino, who ends up being very good, and then Nathan Abaldi gets hurt after the trade deadline, okay? He brought up Greg Bird, who most of you guys love. The team just stopped hitting and got, got beat in a wild card game by a guy who just doesn't let them score. If the Yankees had beaten Dallas Keuchel, which probably will never happen for over the next 10 years, I mean, as long as he's in the league, I don't know. I think he's kept them scoreless the last 28 innings he's faced them. It's insane. I mean, it's literally fucking insane how he dominates that team. As long as he's around, you know what? They're probably not beating him. Not in one game playoff. But if they had managed to play to beat him, he wouldn't be saying anything about Brian Cashman or Joe Girardi right now. I know Jacoby Ellsbury, you know, probably should have started that, that playoff game instead of Chris Young. But I don't, you know, guys, should Chris Young have not started? Should Brett Gardner not have started? That team was awful. And I went to that game, by the way. And I'll tell you right now, the Yankees are trying to get me to buy season tickets because I went down. I, I'm the one who plunked the tickets on my credit card for me and my friends. I tell you what, you're trying to get me to spend $3,500 on a 12-game plan for next year? Not the way you get treated in that fucking stadium. I'm sorry. You don't even have all the cash registers open at a private sports bar, which I'm paying for. I'm paying for access to that in my tickets. No, I'm sorry. I got an attitude from a girl behind the counter at you know one of the sandwich stands. Barking orders at me, telling me to move my beer because I had the nerve to put a bottle of beer on the corner of the counter so I could return a text message while she was fucking around behind the counter. No. Long lines everywhere, a staff moving like they're underwater, where apparently, if you ask enough people, the people at Yankee Stadium hate working there. And I guess it's getting taken out in the fans. And that was just a miserable experience. The, the team's play didn't help at all. Would have been a lot more fun if the team could actually score a run. But I'm just saying, you know what? That's not right. It's not the only stadium in the world where the prices are high, but you know what? You get treated a lot better other places. Uh, you know what? I tell you what, Yankees, I'll, I'll give you a shot next year on one game. We'll see. Maybe if you clean your act up, maybe I'll go in for a plan for the second half of the year or the year after, but not get me. Not my friend and I were going to split a plan. That's not happening now. Sorry. Sorry. I don't mind spending money. I mind spending money and getting treated like a jerk off. That's what I mind. I really do. Um, the National League game, yeah, the bench is cleared because Jake Area got hit. But they also got cleared because Jake Arrieta decided not to run to first base. It wasn't really that big of a deal. He got hit in the ass. If he got hit anywhere above the shoulders, it'd be a huge deal. If he got hit in the arm, I would even say that's a big deal. Left or right arm, whatever. 
He got hit in the butt on purpose. It was just to send a message because he likes to pitch in also. Arietta made a little bit of it, but you know what? It was interesting. It was fun to watch on TV. Sean Rodriguez was a little bit ridiculous, especially with the Gatorade cooler. I'm not sure what the cooler did to him. Um, as a Yankees fan, I should talk because Paul O'Neill was very good to, uh, was very fun to watch, uh, beating the shit out of, uh, his share of water coolers too. But, um, it did kind of get the, it did kind of get the, uh, Pirates going a little bit. Uh, Pirates could have scored some runs in this game. Arietta was just better than Garrett Cole. Um, obviously he should get the Cy Young award. I mean, I think that, you know, there's no question about that. He was the superior pitcher that night. Um, and the Cubs were the better team. Pirates had their opportunities and got a little unlucky here because they did get some runners on. They loaded the bases at one point. Some incredibly hard-hit balls were hit right at people. A couple, couple really good plays by Chris Bryant. And that's what it is. It's one baseball game. So whether you're a Yankees fan or a Pirates fan, you know what? You might have had your opportunities. The Pirates had more opportunities than the Yankees did. That's why you don't get yourselves in that situation. The Yankees got themselves in that situation by basically being blindsided by the offseason moves, or the midseason moves, excuse me, by the Blue Jays. And the Pirates, unfortunately, just playing a great division that produced three playoff teams this year. So that's that. The last thing I'll talk about real quick, the only NFL I'm going to talk about, the Monday night call with the Lions and Seahawks. First of all, how about the real problem here? The fumble by Calvin Johnson. Your team just marched all the way down the field like they were trying to do against the Broncos on Sunday night football a week or two earlier. And once again, you give the ball away. This time, instead of a Matthew Stafford interception, Calvin Johnson fumbles about 12 inches from the end zone in a play that would have won the game for you. And which, a play that, by the way, turned uh, one of the contests with uh, DraftKings, I think it was. DraftKings or FanDuel. But the fumble, one guy had Calvin Johnson, the other guy had the Seahawks defense, and it apparently was a difference between first and second place, which is kind of scary to begin with. Because one guy won a million dollars, the other guy won like 100000 but which is just it's scary the numbers that are going on with that. And we will talk about DraftKings and FanDuel next week because they might be a little bit of trouble. But the refs in the NFL who missed this call are nothing nothing worse than the refs in the entire league. The refs in the NFL are average at best. At best. They're not full-time refs. They have regular jobs. Okay? They work during the week. They work nine-to-five jobs. You have guys who are lawyers, guys who sell insurance, whatever. Okay? The NFL does not care. You know why? Because you're still watching. Because you're still participating. Whether it's fantasy football, whether you gamble, or whether you're just a fan of the team, you're still watching. The NFL cares about pink uniforms so that more female fans will get involved. They care about throwback jerseys. They care about how many different countries they can get the games in next year. Okay? But they don't want you betting their games. They'll bet their games because they care so much about integrity. What a fucking joke. You gotta be kidding me. And that's all the time we got this week on the air tag. Thanks for joining us. Make sure you guys check out FableLabel.com. Fable Label, combining the timeless popularity of the t-shirt with modern innovative designs allowing you guys to stand up from the crowd today. If you're not a fan of Fable Label, trust me, you soon will be. In fact, I'm wearing Fable Label right now. Make sure you check out the air attack each and every week along with all the podcasts on HasBeenSports.com. Facebook.com slash the air attack. Follow me on Twitter at BCAK the man. You can also download the SoundCloud out app at the same name, YouTube channel at the same name. Check the show out now on blogtalkradio.com. This is Mozini and Scheist. Get that feeling. I am BC the man. I'll see you guys next week on the air attack. Thanks. Make your mind melt, you get that Where the iron chill, you get that What you know about standing in the spot, can't make sales Post about a light pole, hoping on a crank with old school nails Hood niggas stay close, bitch niggas tell, but I watch all y'all It's a day in laboratory, I'm gonna make my voice penetrating all y'all My niggas there, they on call, lifestyle rough, rugged raw, fuck what you say
spend what you saw. I done did half, but seen it all. I ride with my niggas for the cause. Even if I have to take a loss, break a nigga off from the salt off till your job is off. Now call off when I get that feeling. If I'm got the rapping all dealing, everything with me is easy. If I gotta stand on the block, bust a few flows, push a few rocks, everything with me is easy. When I get that feeling, if I'm clapping, rapping, all dealing, everything with me is easy. If I gotta stand on the block, bust a few flows, push a few rocks, everything with me is easy. I'm made by the streets, straight one six CP, OGV shites, that's me, double eyes for all y'all that can't see. I ain't never been no bitch, I ain't never been no punk, all I've been known for is giving niggas bass bumping in they motherfucking trunk. I flip blocks with crap, I put hoes on tracks, a real nigga with a bitch style has here with nothing to live for. Prince of the Midwest, chief for the river, niggas knowin' my rep, and besides bees, I'm the only nigga from the shot town up to the death. Other niggas get that cash, move their ass out the hood to the birds, living all plus while your niggas on the block. And dust ain't that a bitch do what the fuck sell out nigga where you at bro where you at bro where the fuck you at bro when i get that feeling if i'm clapping rapping all dealing everything with me is easy if i gotta stand on the block bust a few flows push a few rocks everything with me is easy when i get that feeling if i'm clapping rapping all dealing everything with me is easy if I gotta stand on the block, bust a few flows, bust a few rocks, everything with me is easy.